This is the Greg Bedard Patriots Podcast with Nick Cattles. Ah, for the second straight podcast. Uh, I don't know what the hell was going on before we joined all of you, but here we are. The old uh, get out of the Zoom, get back into the Zoom work. It's the Greg Bedard Patriots Podcast with Nick Cattles. Uh, let me run through a, a number of things here first before I get into the football game with Greg. Number one, brought to you by FanDuel, exclusive wagering partner of the uh, CLNS Media Network. Right now, new customers can bet $5 and get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed. Plus, all customers who bet $5 will get $100 off NFL Sunday ticket from YouTube and YouTube TV. And if anybody follows me on Twitter at Nick C Radio, I took a picture uh, last Sunday of my setup at home, I have the YouTube multi-view on the big TV and then the two local games on the other two TVs. I had six NFL games blasting in my face wow. at one o'clock on Sunday. Uh, it is fantastic. The setup is great. You should check it out. That deal, by the way, is over on September 18th. So you want to Take advantage of that ASAP. Also, Factor, America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit, factormeals.com slash Bedard50. Use the code Bedard50 to get 50% off. Kelly had the shredded chicken taco bowl earlier tonight. She was a fan. She wanted me to pass that along. And finally, Odds Are, an app that combines AI and machine learning to suggest smart sports bets. Get your first 30 days off. The app free. Just go to oddsr.com again slash Bedard to download the app. That's oddsr.com slash Bedard. Okay. Now that the business part of this podcast is taken care of for now, let's get to the football part of the podcast, the content part. Uh, first, Greg, obviously, Eagles beat Patriots 25 20 at Gillette Stadium on Sunday. Just your overall thoughts from 30,000 feet watching this game, I'm sure by now, multiple times. Yeah, Nick, uh, overall, um, especially if I was a Patriots fan, I would be encouraged about what happened on Sunday. Um, you know, we can get into the end result and, and, you know, why certain things happen or seem to keep happening to this team. Um, but in general, I thought that you could make the argument that in all three phases, the Patriots outplayed the Eagles, the defending NFC champions, um, which, you know, certainly sounds good. On paper, and I think that that was real. I think that you know, if you matched it up, I thought the Patriots' defense played better than the Eagles' defense, um, and I thought the Patriots' offense played better than the Eagles' offense, and I thought the Patriots' special teams won, you know, fairly handily. Outside of you know, Jake Elliott is apparently has a robot leg um, <laughs> that can kick from kick from anywhere, um, but you know, I I I thought that the Patriots were a lot more competitive than I thought they were going to be. Now, you know, did I think that Bill O'Brien was going to have a really good game plan to negate the heavy advantage that, especially once we got to game day and we found out that Cole Strange was down, Michael Wenu was down, meaning, you know, two mid-round rookies and Calvin Anderson, we're going to have to start a guard, Calvin Anderson at right tackle. So I, obviously the Patriots coaches knew most of the week what they had to deal with and Bill, Bill O'Brien crafted um, the type of game plan that would mitigate that as much as possible would allow them to move the ball at times to be competitive. And as long as the defense did their part, then the Patriots would be in the game in the fourth quarter. And that's what happened. The defense was more than competitive. I think they did a really nice job in this game. 
Um, you know, I'm, and, and so look, I think, you know, big picture, definitely encouraging. Did it make me think that, all right, my seven and 11 prediction or seven and 10 prediction, um, might've been wrong. Well, especially in light of the Aaron Rodgers news. Um, yes. Um, but it, for me, and you don't have to feel this way as a fan, you don't have to feel this way, but I wouldn't get uber excited about anything that you see in week one, one way or the other, just because especially with teams approach training camps. Now the way they approach preseason week one can not always can be sort of an outlier, you know, like look at the Cincinnati Bengals last year against, they lost to Mitch Trubisky in the Steelers with Joe Burrow throwing four picks and fumbling a ball and Joe Burrow and they were fine. And, Joe Burrow was hot garbage on Sunday because he didn't do anything in the preseason. Do I think that's going to hold up? No. So, you know, I wouldn't go nuts, but I definitely I left the stadium and also watching the film a lot more encouraged about the Patriots. And watching the film is the most important part. And we'll get into a lot of that with Greg because he does watch the film. He watches it multiple times. He watches TV copy. He watches the All-22. He watches it live in person when it's at Gillette Stadium. So he's had his eyes on this game an awful lot. And when Greg says, after watching the film, he was encouraged, that means a hell of a lot more than Greg saying, I was encouraged in the moment watching these guys live at Gillette Stadium. Look, look I agree with you, Greg. And I I'm not going to go over the top here. But I do look at that game and I could play the old radio trick. What if I told you, I mean, what if I told you that the guys that were out were out, you know, what if I told you this game would start the way it started in the first quarter? What so many different circumstances, the drops booty, not getting his feet in all of those different things that they couldn't run the ball. If I told you that before this game, you would think the Patriots would lose by two or three touchdowns. And so I think the fact that they were competitive, they had a chance to win this game a couple of times in the fourth quarter, I do think fans uh, should be allowed, if, if some of the media here in Boston will allow them, should be allowed to take some positives out of a loss, God forbid. I think that was a competitive football game. Mm -hmm. And all last week we heard, you know, that Philly was above and beyond and they were just going to take out the Patriots. And that was that's if the Patriots were healthy and everything was going great for them. People thought that the Eagles would win by possibly double digits. So, yes, I, I agree with you. What ultimately cost them, Greg? They've fallen in a 16 nothing hole. And then, you know, also that this offense, for whatever reason, and I'm not ready to say it's Mac Jones, even though so, plenty of people want to say it, um, they just come up short. They're just, <clears throat> they're just not consistent enough. Like Mac Jones, and, and Mac Jones is part of it. He is. Um, I thought... Overall, he played really well in this game. He made five or six ridiculous throws. The, off the top of my head, the three touchdown passes were all tremendous. Timing, perfectly placed. Love to see it. Deciphering the defense. It's For the most part, Bill O'Brien got him back playing like Mac Jones. He had confidence in the operation, the play calls, you know, do I think, you know, he, he didn't have a ton of confidence in the offensive line, especially early. It's understandable. Um, but, you know, like, but just, and I just want to continue on with the good throws. The one to Kendrick Bourne, third and 12, that he threw over in the middle while getting plastered. Kendrick Bourne has to catch that ball. The ball was in a perfect place where only he could catch it, should have converted. 
Um, Kayshawn Booty, the two throws to him, third down and fourth down were good throws, bad plays by the receiver. For a rookie, you, you can understand it. Um, you know, but there are also miscues. The pick six, and I wasn't sure about the whole route combination thing. It looked a little weird to me, but I asked somebody who knows. Um, that Max screwed up. You know, now was the the spacing perfect? Was the spacing perfect all day with some of the new guys, Kasicki and Juju Smith Schuster? Um, you know, Kendrick Bourne. It's a constant issue for him. No, and on that play, Kendrick Bourne could have let his return route breathe a little bit more, but there was no pressure on Mac Jones. I was told that Mac needs to let the the Y shake, which is the tight end Mike Kasicki is doing what's called a shake route where he looks outside and then goes fakes outside, goes inside. And Mac didn't let that clear out if he was going to go to Kendrick Bourne. And he sort of rushed it and kind of threw it in between two people. And, you know, you know, so I'm not going to, I'm not going to bury him for a mistake early, even though in some of these games, you worry about the starts that he started to accumulate over the course of his career. Some of them are really shaky. He just has these sort of brain farts, rush decisions, you know, there was the the pass in the flat later on in the game that almost got picked off. Like, there was the screen pass that almost got picked off by Josh Sweat. Like, I, I don't expect him to be perfect all the time. I just expect him to be clutch. And I just think he and the offense collectively, it wasn't just Mac Jones. I don't mean to dump on him. But, um, you know, falling, falling behind 16-0 with huge. But then, at the end of the day, thanks to the defense, they had... Six drives after halftime where they were down no more than eight points. They couldn't get anything until, uh, you know, they had the one touchdown. Um, you know, they had five They had five drives in this game that started at their own 43 or better, and they punted all five times. Like, it's not on just the quarterback, but at a certain point in time, you look at Max career to this point, he hasn't gotten it done. I'm not ready to say it's a pattern that he can't do it. I've been through this before with young players, but at some point in time, he's got to take the next step. And you look at Bill O'Brien's operation, you figure the offensive line is going to get healthy. The running game is going to be a factor. The weapons for the most part are good enough. At some point this season, Max got to step up and he's got to make the plays to win a game like that. They're not winning. They, they haven't won those games since Tom left. They have to collectively figure out a way to do it. I was going to get into my Mac stuff later, but I might as well just dive in right now. Uh, I have about a billion thoughts. I'll keep it short, though, here. Overall, I had Mac as about a B minus or so. A passing grade. A, a mm -hmm. passing grade. Um, you know, there's this tit for tat about Mac. It's, there's several layers to this, Greg. You and I could do five hours on just Mac Jones and how he's yep. handled by fans, how he's handled by the media. And, you know, first of all, I'm glad you said, Greg, he's not going to be perfect. And if people are, are waiting for him to be perfect, you're waiting for Godot. It ain't going to happen. That's an old ass reference. Hopefully some of you got it. You're just going to be sitting there waiting and waiting and waiting. If you're waiting for him to be Tom Brady, again, you'll be waiting until you drop dead. It's not going to happen. And I think some people, and it's not most people, but some people have to stop the, oh, if it was Tom Brady, get away from it. You can't compare the greatest of all time to a guy that Greg and I have talked about is probably at best ranked 12 to 15 in the NFL. 
you, you just you can't do it. It's delusional to bring up Brady's name in the conversation with Mac Jones. It's delusional. Now, as far as Sunday, look, he made some bad throws. He made some bad decisions. And I think you have to live with some of those bad throws. What he has to limit are the turnover-worthy throws. And that's what we're talking about. The pick six, the, the, the pick that Sweat should have had. There was another pass, which I don't really kill him for. It was the pass to Douglas. He did get it over the defender. I thought it was actually a pretty decent throw. It was a dangerous throw, but he got it over the DB. So I'm not going to dock him or kill him on that throw. But of course, he's going to miss throws. He's going to miss a sideline throw downfield to Kayshawn Booty, you know, every once in a while. He's going to miss throws. Every quarterback in the league misses throws from Josh Allen to Joe Burrow to Patrick Mahomes. All of them miss throws. You just have to limit the turnover-worthy throws. That's got to be his main focus. The other thing, Greg, that's driving me ever-loving crazy about the game when people are talking about this, and I talked about this a little bit with my pod the last couple of days, but what's driving me absolutely nuts is this narrative, and there was a little bit of a back and forth with me and somebody on Twitter today, of they gave Mac Jones multiple chances to win the game and he failed again, or you know, he just can't get the job done. I am sorry. I am sorry that Mac Jones wasn't absolutely pristine in the fourth quarter. However, you look at those six possessions that Greg brought up post halftime. The first possession was murdered by Kayshawn Booty for not keeping his feet in bounds. That's a, a good throw down the sideline. He keeps his feet in bounds. You now carry that momentum over from the second quarter. That stops the drive. It was third and long. Mac made that throw. Kendrick Bourne, third and 12. Greg hit it. That is a great throw. Under duress, between two eagles, a tight, tight, tight window. And he hits Bourne right in the breadbasket, and Bourne drops it. That's on third and 12, a must-have play. And your quarterback stood in the pocket, staring down the barrel, took the pressure, and delivered a perfect football. Fourth and 12, final play of the game. It's a good throw by Mac Jones. If Booty, again, remembers he's not at LSU anymore playing against the SEC and toe taps and gets his feet in. So, like, what drives me crazy is, yes, I will bring up the negative plays, but I will also bring up the great throws that he made late in this game that could have resulted in a win if his teammates helped him. So the idea that he just peed down his leg in the fourth quarter and was like looking around and throwing the football in the third row. That's not what happened. There was some not so good, but there was also some very good. And if you ask me two of the passes that he needed to make the two most important passes of the game, he made them third and 12 to born. He made that throw fourth and 12 to booty. He made that throw. If one of those two guys catches the football, we could be talking about the Patriots winning this game. And yeah, Nick, Nick one, just to give you a little bit more ammunition, I mean, fourth and three, they go for it. Juju Smith-Schuster runs the wrong route. Like, I mean, if he, if he just runs the right route, which is simple, and we've seen Julian Edelman and Wes Welker do it time and time again, Mac was waiting for him to, to run the right route. He doesn't do it, you know, and, and that stuff goes on all the time in this offense. It just... We have to, Greg, you know, I'm a big fan of this context matters. And when we, when we talk about all the players, I will give you all the context. I've told you 
I agree mostly with with Greg when we've had Mac Jones conversations. I think he's an average to slightly above average starting quarterback. So that's what I anticipate going in on Sundays. If you're anticipating an A-plus performance, you're going to be disappointed 95% of the time. Because if you're going to get that kind of performance consistently from him, guess what? Mac Jones is a top five quarterback in the league. And that's not who he is. That's a you problem. That's a Felger problem. And everybody else who criticizes everything the guy does, that's their problem. Because you're asking more of Mac Jones and what he's capable of. That's on you. That's not on him. Now, context matters when you, when you say Devontae Parker was out of this game. The guy who Greg and many others will tell you had probably the best camp out of all the receivers, minus maybe Demario Douglas. Parker's yep. out of the game. Juju Smith-Schuster, for whatever reason, played just over 50% of the snaps in this game. He was not out there in the two-minute offense. You tell me why, right? So you have Juju out there for about 50% of the time. You've got Kayshawn Booty taking 55 snaps in this game on Sunday. Who predicted Sir. that happening? 55 <laughs> snaps. You have the best offensive lineman on your team out. You have your other guard out. You have two rookie guards in. You have inclement weather to start this game. Oh, and by the way, you can't run the football at all. You tell me, you tell me how many quarterbacks, if you take away their number one receiver, the guy who's supposed to be the two receiver plays 50% of the snaps, has two rookie guards starting on the offensive line, has to deal with awful weather and absolutely zero run game, Oh, and by the way, also working with a new coordinator, his third offensive coordinator in three years. How many quarterbacks week one would go out there and give you an A++? That's all I'm saying. Let, let, let's keep it real. Let's keep it honest. I know we got content. I deliver content. I deliver honest content. So if we want to look at what Mac did on Sunday, is it not fair to sit there and tell you? You know, it's funny. Everybody complained about Brady's lack of weapons. And every time Brady had something that was a little bit under average as far as players around him or issues with the team, it was always everybody else, right? But now because it's Mac, it's like you're excusing him for having a B-minus performance. No. These are reasons why any starting quarterback would not be excellent on Sunday. B-minus. He got an F grade in the first quarter. I gave him an A plus in the second quarter when the dude went bananas. And then in the second half, I thought he hovered around a B minus to a B. So I thought it, I thought it was a B minus. And by the way, Greg, I don't know if you would agree. And I know we're going to get into this in a little bit. I thought he outplayed Jalen Hurts. And if you, if you tell me that Mac Jones outplays the other quarterback for the vast majority of this season, given this schedule, you have to feel pretty good about Mac Jones going into the future. You have to. Yeah. yeah. Um, let's get into that in a second. Let's take a quick break from our sponsors. <laughs> I went long. I went on a rant. So uh, let, let's hear from our friends at FanDuel, and then we'll get back to it. And I promise I'll, I'll give Greg some breath here. <laughs> get ready for the NFL season with incredible offers from FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers can bet $5 and get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed i love those little suckers i use them all the time <laughs> especially now the football season's coming up 
Just use them all the time. It's free money and you can make money off it. Plus, all customers who bet $5 will get $100 off Sunday ticket from YouTube and YouTube TV. By the way, I did this. I, I placed a few early season, what I guess you would call seasonal NFL bets. Yeah. Um, and there it some popped futures. up right under my email. Yeah, some futures popped up right into my email. 100 bucks off YouTube. Uh, so and, and that's where you're going to get Sunday ticket this year, not on your TV or, you know, you're going to need it through YouTube. That's the only place to get it this year. So visit FanDuel.com slash Boston and kick off the NFL season with an offer you won't want to miss. FanDuel, the official partner of NFL. Mass, 21 plus and present in Mass. First line on first online real wager only $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See See terms at fanduel.com slash sportsbook. Hope is here. Gambling helpline ma.org or call 1-800-327-5050 for 24-7 support. Play it smart from the start. GameSenseMA.com or call 1-800-GAM-1234. NFL Sunday ticket offer ends September 18th, 2023. No refunds. Terms and embargoes apply. $100 off NFL Sunday ticket, not YouTube TV. YouTube TV-based plan required to watch YouTube TV. Redemption requires a Google account and current form of payment. Commercial use excluded. Subscription renews. Cancel anytime. So, you know, you want me to lead off or you want to lead off? (laughs) I'll lead off. So, Nick, I don't I don't necessarily, you know, disagree with you i i don't get into the whole outplay jalen hurts thing like you know we'll get into that i certainly have my um criticisms of jalen hurts in this game which is a lot but you know and, and i do think you know driving home from doing felger mass today i do think that i think felger said at some point and i do think i think it's valid and i think it's valid in this conversation with Mac Jones, because, um, he, you know, he's, you know, with, with Brady, I was one of the first guys to be like, he, these, nobody's getting open or he's got a crappy offensive line. And like, you know, that's why X, Y, and Z, but I do think it's a worthy discussion that, you know, in this post Brady era and, and going forward, and this isn't quite Mac specific, but Bill's going to have to decide how, if he's the guy going forward or what have you, but like, I, I just think that like Bill holds certain beliefs in terms of what he needs to give a quarterback for the team to be successful. And it's sort of what we've talked about before, but I just think they're outdated. I think that, you know, unless you have an elite Brady Mahomes, Burrow, Herbert, you know, what have you, some elite quarterback, like, it's it's either the elite quarterback and you can all right um you know because I'm paying him a lot of money I get by with all right maybe my offensive line isn't great but we figure out a way around it or maybe I give him one really good weapon but he's got to figure out how to make everything else work. Uh, I just think the the way he's doing it with Mac being not elite and we'll see we'll see ultimately they could have the offensive line and the running game to support him. I think that's the plan going forward. It could happen. Um, if they get guys back, I'd certainly leave that on the table that they could have one of the better offensive lines in the league. It, you know, I, I've said that consistently, but you know, and then you get into the weapons. Yeah. If he had Devonte Parker back, but that's part of the thing with Devonte Parker is that he's not always out there. I just think that, yep. I think that Bill's trying to, 
He's trying to middle things on offense where he doesn't have the great quarterback, but he's not giving him great line, great weapons. Like it's, it's really, it's gotta be one or the other. And if it's not, then I don't think you have anything. And so, uh, you know, I just wonder if going forward, they have enough, but I'm not, again, it's week one. I'm not making any judgments. It's just something that I have an eye on. And I do think that Mac at a certain point in time, when they get the offensive line back, when his weapons are more consistent, he's worked with them more. What I really like about this is now Bill O'Brien has real film to go off of with Mac to make corrections and going forward. Cause I know Mac is smart and he'll take care of that. Uh, you know, I, I, I just, at, at a certain point in time this year, Mac is going to have to win a game like that or multiple games like that. Like it's yeah. just, it's, and, and we've talked about it before, you know, you change offensive schemes, you bring new players in like Juju Smith Schuster and you're doing stuff on the offensive line. That stuff takes time. Look at Tom Brady when he went to Tampa, seven and five. They were sort of in and out of the playoffs at that point. Then they got fire. The same thing is going to have to happen this year to Mac Jones. They they have to stop losing games like Sunday, and they got to start winning them. And Mac is included in that big time. I I wouldn't disagree. Of course, he's part of it. Again, I don't I don't go blind with the negative plays. I brought them up. Um, I would say though, ultimately, I think he played well enough to win on Sunday. And if, if you had one of the four big plays that backfired and people could say, well, if one of his negative plays, I understand, but on balance again, I thought he played a good football game. Greg said he was really good. And so when your defense plays that way and your quarterback is really good on that day, you should win the damn game. The reason why they didn't win the game is because, again, in the most crucial moments when you had to have it, I think your receivers let you down a lot more than Mac Jones let you down. And those throws and plays that you had to have, Mac made them. He made three big plays, three big throws. So I just, you know, I, I think it's all part of it. And I wouldn't have much of an issue with it, but it's like Mac is always the focal point, Greg. And you know this, if you listen I, to radio, if you watch on TV, because yep. he's the quarterback, right? He gets the women and all the guys want to be him and blah, 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 blah. They get the credit when they win. They get the, you know, they, they get the criticism when they lose that that's, that that's how this game is played by many. But again, I, I just think he played well enough on Sunday. He made the plays when they needed him to make the plays in that fourth quarter. And his teammates did not help him out. His Nick, receivers me, did me, not help him out. Yeah, I, I don't disagree with that. And actually, you know, you know, when you said I think he played well enough to win, I'm not sure about that. I mean, it maybe I haven't really given it a lot of thought. Like I'm not going to totally disregard it. But the thought that I had was, um, and I don't know how you're going to react to this, but if they had DeAndre Hopkins at X, oh, and they God. had. And they had Jacoby Myers instead of Juju Smith-Schuster in this yeah. game. I think they win, which I, backs up your argument. I said it on my I said it on my podcast today. By the way, Nick Cattle's podcast. Check it out daily. Um, I, I said it today though. I, I absolutely agree with you, Greg. Like if you look at first of all, Booty's not playing fifty-five snaps if Hopkins is out there. Uh, you don't have to rely on Juju. You don't have to rely on Kendrick Bourne to make you know every big play. And you can't tell me with with Hopkins and his resume, he he had I think what was it seven catches for like sixty plus yeah, yards for on a Sunday. Totally garbage quarterback. Yeah, Ryan Tannehill I think had under a thirty QB rating. Yeah, 
passer rating on Sunday, just God awful. And Derrick Henry didn't get a lot of touches. It was a brutal offensive game by Tennessee. Nick Folk was the star, not surprising at five freaking field goals, but Hopkins, like with his resume, you can't tell me that on fourth and three, he wouldn't run the right route, especially with the, the history he has with O'Brien and, and give them a better chance to make a play. You can't tell me that on third and 12, that if Mac delivers the same football to DeAndre Hopkins that he delivered to Kendrick Bourne, you can't tell me that Hopkins has a better chance of bringing that football in. You can't tell me mm-hmm. at the two plays to Kayshawn Booty when he couldn't get his feet inbounds that Hopkins wouldn't be able to get his damn feet inbounds. Mm-hmm. So I agree I mean, with just, you. I, just, just, uh, just imagine, you know, at the end of this game, them trying to, you know, upset the Eagles at home if they had DeAndre Hopkins at the X boundary. They had Jacoby Myers in the slot and Hunter Henry at at tight end with Kendrick Bourne as sort of like a fourth option. You know, that's tough to defend. And to me, that's a that's a bill thing. This is, yep. you know, one of our criticisms the whole summer. Like, have you done enough? And like, and I just don't think he does enough for the offense. And no. meanwhile, you know, on defense, the three first round picks are, or three top picks are showing out. Be nice to get one of those on offense. Maybe that would have helped out. But you know, it's a Bill thing, not a not a Mac thing. So we'll see. I mean, look, Bill has the balance of the season to prove us wrong. That that the way he constructs this team, even though it looks out of step with the rest of the NFL, can still win in the NFL. He has the balance of the season to prove yep. that. I don't think it's going to happen. I thought game one was was evidence of that, but we'll have to see. Yeah, I agree with you that this season, we've said it throughout the last few months. This is all on Belichick. He's trying to prove to the football world that he could do it his way versus how the game has evolved. And it's it's going to be proven whether he's right or wrong on that. And, you know, this is why you and I talked about it at the time. And, and we'll get into Bill O'Brien and the defense in a minute. But this is why we talked about the Hopkins stuff and why I was infuriated by it, because mm-hmm. as we mentioned, margin of error. This team has a very minute margin of error. And we talk like none of this is surprising. Devontae Parker hasn't played a full season since 2019. Juju Smith-Schuster has had a long, long injury history, including just having surgery this offseason, apparently, according to Juju. Like, it's not surprising that two of your top three receivers are banged up and not really producing right out of the gates. And so that's why you go out and you get a Hopkins. Bill O'Brien didn't have DeAndre Hopkins uh, offensively on Sunday, but what'd you make of uh, Billy uh, O'Brien's return to to New England against the Eagles on Sunday? I, I, you know, I thought it was really good and I'm not going to get into comparing him to, you know, what happened last year or whatever, just, you know, on, on judgment. I thought that he had a very sound plan. Um, You know, Mac Jones, at the end of the day, I think he was like third or fourth lowest time to pass um, in the league this week. Um, depth of target wasn't very big. There's a lot, you look at his quarterback chart, and there's a lot of stuff within the five, five yards around the line of scrimmage. But they, you know, that's just what you got to do when you have an, a, a complete mismatch um, of weight class up front between the Patriots' offensive line and the Eagles' defensive line, which was as advertised. Um, you know, pretty much Jalen Carter was awesome. Fletcher Cox was awesome. Jordan Davis was awesome. And Hassan Reddick and, you know, but he did a good job. They did a good job minimizing that. I thought they took the appropriate amount of shot plays and got it protected. You know, one that I'm sure Mac Jones would, would love to have back was, 
the underthrown ball to Kendrick Bourne down the right sideline that Darius Slate broke up. It was look, it was underthrown. The play was there. Could have been a touchdown. Mac put too much air under it. You know, that's one of those plays that you talk about, like, you know, to win a game like that, you got to hit those plays. And, um, you know, so I thought it was about as expected um, that they couldn't run the ball at all. Surprised me a little bit. I, I don't know if Stevenson was under the weather, but I did not think he looked good as a running back. He was much more um, indecisive than I've seen him before. Um, I thought Ezekiel Elliott was the quote, quote unquote, run, better running back in this game. The only, the only real, and I'm sure the coaches made these decisions um, based on what they see in practice. And I'm sure they, they had a reason for doing this, but I just don't understand why so much time for Kayshawn booty. Why not? Why not move Kendrick Bourne over there might be because they don't think Kendrick can handle it. That's very possible given that he's still having a plethora of route running issues um, to this day, especially on Sunday. And it's the reason why he doesn't play more than he does, you know, and why not put Demario Douglas in the Kendrick Bourne, you know, spot, I, you know, and I didn't love how much Ezekiel Elliott was sort of used in the quick game. Like, you know, Ty Montgomery is fast. Demario Douglas is fast. Like, you know, Zeke did okay, but you know, it's it just, it just, it just goes to further the notion that the Patriots are not fast enough and they have the ability to get faster and they just decide not to do it. But overall, I really liked what I saw out of Billy and uh, I'm optimistic that, you know, get, get the line healthy, give him a running game. Yeah. He's going to cook up some nice stuff. All right. We'll continue thoughts on Bill O'Brien and this offense, but first, uh, let's talk to you about uh, Factor Meals, factormeals.com slash Bedard50. Use code Bedard50 to get 50% off. What if there was an app that used AI and machine learning to suggest smart sports bets? There is, and it's called Odds R. It is a mobile app you need to know what bets of the day are smart ones. Download the app, sign up for an account, and let the latest data analysis guide you through today's point spreads, money lines, and over-unders. I just did it. It's easy. If you see green, that's a smart bet. If you see yellow, you're on your own. If you see red, don't do it. Odds are it doesn't take your bet. It makes you better at it. With odds are on your mobile phone, you're a tap away from making a smart play. It's smart betting made simple. Find odds are app in the app store or on Google Play. Get a two free week trial. It's just 10 bucks a month after that. But hey, listen to that. That's for the usual people, the normal people. Listeners to this podcast, the Greg Bedard Patriots podcast, you actually get a special deal. Get your first 30 days of the app free. Just go to oddsr.com slash Bedard to download the app. That's oddsr.com slash Bedard. 30 days of smarter betting free. We'd call that a winning bet. The casinos and sportsbook want you to bet. Odds are wants you to win. Go get it. You know, Greg, my thoughts on Bill O'Brien is just the overall option uh, operation mostly worked, right? I mean, it, it looked like an NFL offense, which was nice to see. And yep. I agree with you. You said earlier, Matt kind of got his confidence rolling a little bit in that second quarter. And I, I thought it was really telling after that first quarter that Matt came back in the second quarter and played as well as he did, because I don't think we see that last year. And I think that's not only an offensive coordinator, offensive staff problem, but I do think that was a Mac problem last year. And he's talked about it. 
He got down on himself. He got too emotional, all that stuff. He was able to mostly tuck that aside and, you know, really kind of battle the adversity early in this game, which, which was nice to see. And I think some of that is the belief he has in Bill O'Brien that he did not have in that staff last year. I thought, you know, O'Brien made some good adjustments. He ran a, a number of bunch formations, which worked and, and created separation uh, for parts of this game. That was a, a factor, especially in the second quarter. Uh, and, and I really think, you know, look, it, it's similar to Mac, where like if if you're looking at this offense overall and you're saying to yourself, like you have no run game, I think people are overlooking that this offense on Sunday was one dimensional against one of the best defenses in the league last year and against arguably the best pass rush this season. Now, of course, we got to play the year out. But if you're predicting and you're projecting what this defense is going to do, they knew that they couldn't run the ball. Everybody knew it. I knew it. You knew it, Greg. Everybody knew it. The Patriots could not run the ball on Sunday. And so a one-dimensional offense, and, and they still, I thought, you know, I still thought that they, the, the plays were there to be made, which I think says a lot about Bill O'Brien. Given the lack of the run game and all the questions that I brought up with Mac, the same exists for Bill O'Brien. And the plays were there. Like, I know we don't want to do it too often because it's unfair to Matt Patricia. Greg and I have said it before. That was a Belichick problem. Patricia, no win situation for that guy. But imagine all those circumstances happening last year to this team against Philadelphia. Do they even score six points? Do, do, do they even have a chance to score a touchdown at any point in that game? So I think that says a lot about O'Brien. I will say this, though. I don't know about you, but... I hated, oh, and by the way, no run game also means that you're not going to use the play action nearly as much. And I think they would love to run the football and use play action this year. Yep. I did not like the third and three play call to Stevenson, which led to the fourth and three. And I understand that Belichick obviously was committed, I think, going forward on fourth and three and likely told mm -hmm. O'Brien. And that's why they ran the play on third and three. Still hated it because you haven't been able to run the football all day and you can't run between the tackles. So that was pretty much just punting on that third down. That was not good. I did not like that play call at all. I didn't like it in the moment. I hate it even more now. And also, Greg, your thoughts. There was a late screen, I think, to Stevenson. I Ooh. think it was like on third and long or something that I hated. Hated it. Hated it. <laughs> oh, my God. Like, yeah, that was it was third and 13 with 51 seconds left. Oh, God. And. They ran now. I don't know if it was because the Stevenson screen worked earlier, but uh, that was just a, you know, the Eagles are defending at that point. You know, they're defending the 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 end zone. You know, that's all they're worried about. So they're not getting. They're going to be covering the middle field in the zone, like so. I don't understand. Yeah, I hated that play play call. I, I don't complain about many play calls, and I thought Billy was on point for much of this game. But that play, man, I'm sure he'd like to have that play back. Yeah, it's, you know, I mean, look, again, it's 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 a couple of plays here and there. Uh, but I thought overall, I don't have much to to complain about with Bill O'Brien on Sunday. All right, let's uh, let's jump to the defensive side here. We still got three up, three down. And I have an overall thought on this on this game. But uh, just your thoughts uh, again from 30,000 feet, Greg, your thoughts on the defense and what you saw. OK, so um, just so nobody gets this twisted. Um this was one of the best game plans that I've seen the Patriots put out in the regular season. It was like a Super Bowl game 
um, you know, when you have a couple of weeks to prepare. Um, this is not a surprise. They have this is something we've talked about a lot, and I expected the Patriots to defense to play well in this game. I expected them to have a great plan for uh, this Eagles team, which is you do not want to see this team in week 10 when you have like two days to game plan and three practice days. The Patriots have used multiple practices. They use the Green Bay Packers preseason game as a, as to prepare for this game and kudos to all involved. They did everything well. It was on point. Um, I, you know, the plan was extremely sound. They, they showed some really nice looks, a few new ones. Um, they really bottled up. They didn't let the Eagles have any big plays at all in this game. So, you know, kudos to them. There's a couple of caveats that I have to throw in on this. Um, number one, I do think that the weather early and also even bigger, the 16 nothing score factored into how the Eagles played offense. It was almost like they um, – they were like, you know what, we were going to bring out some new stuff, but you know, the Patriots aren't doing anything on offense. We might win this game 30 nothing. Let's keep everything in our back pocket and let's just play the game. Sort of like the Bengals last year when they were up 22 to nothing. Um, I think that the Eagles were not prepared for this game at all to play. I don't think their offensive line was ready. If you're looking, if you're critical of the way the Patriots handled the preseason and training camp, the Eagles were even worse. They barely practiced at all. They practiced for like an hour, hour and a half, you know, talking to Jeff McClain last week. None of the starters played in the preseason, and boy, did it look like it, to the point where Nick Sirianni, one of the first things he said after watching the film on Monday to reporters was, yeah, we're going to play people next year because I'm sure he, he, saw, he saw the same film that I did. And he's just like, we stink. I mean, look, they stunk. And especially Jalen Hurts, I, don't, I haven't seen a lot of him. I've just seen highlights and I saw, you know, how they cooked last year. And, you know, he had a great Super Bowl and all that stuff. You know, so I don't know what he does week to week, but he was awful in this game. Now, yes, did the Patriots factor into it? Yes, some. But, I like, for example, I mean, I had them for 14 bad reads in running and passing. And I'm not talking about, like, you know, so basically when you're running a scheme like they run, a lot of it is just simple math. Like, all right, how many defenders are over here? How many receivers, running backs, and tight ends do I have in here? Where do I have the numbers advantage? And then I go from there. I play to my advantage. I can't tell you, Nick, how many times he went counter to that. And I don't know why he did that. I'm sure a lot of people out there are being like, oh, Bedard, you're just a hater, blah, blah, blah. You can't say anything nice about the Patriots. Like, trust me, if, if, if it was the Patriots, like, if the Patriots were changing the math after the snap all the time, I would tell you that. And I would have been like, they screwed with Jalen Hurts all day. And he could not figure it out. That's not what went on to the point where, I asked somebody, I don't want to name him because, and out him because I don't know what he's going to say about this publicly. I'll just give him a chance to do it. But somebody who watches Jalen Hurts all the time, who watches the Eagles every week for what he does and is well-respected in his position, I called him up and I asked him, I said, so what do you think of Hurts in this game? And even before I gave my opinion on it, he said he was awful in this game. It looked like 
it looked like he was playing his first game as a rookie quarterback. So, like, you know, I don't know what to tell you. I it, The Patriots are damn good. Like, their defensive line, as advertised. I thought Jawan Bentley was awesome in this game at the second level. I thought the safeties were awesome in this game. I thought the, the rookies really showed well in this game. And the Patriots covered. They had, like, zero mental uh, lapses in this game. No blo- Not many blown assignments or blown gaps. Kudos to them. They executed great. But I do think that the Eagles were not prepared. Jalen Hurts was not prepared for this game. And I assume they're going to be better from this after seeing the film. But um, I was very underwhelmed by the Eagles. I don't want to, you know, short the Patriots for credit because they did what they should have done in this game. And, you know, but ultimately how good they are, you know, we'll see. Do it against the Dolphins. Do it against the Cowboys. You know, then we're talking. But, you know, obviously they did a great job in this game. I just don't know how much was them. I think a little bit more of it was Jalen Hurts and the Eagles. All right, we'll continue the conversation. But first, let's talk about our friends at Odds Are. With the busy fall season already in swing, you might be looking for wholesome, convenient meals for jam-packed days. Factor, America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit, can help fuel you up fast with chef-prepared, dietitian approved ready-to-eat meals delivered straight to your door. You'll save time, eat well, and stay on track with your healthy lifestyle. I gotta say, one note on this, the delivery process that they do is unbelievable. First of all, I got an email saying like, be on the lookout for it when it was delivered. You go out there, you open it up, it's this little cooler with three freezer packs inside, the freezer packs hadn't even like melted. Like it was, it, it was ready to go. You could tell that it was fresh. These guys know what they're doing. Too busy to cook this fall, but want to make sure you're eating well with Factor. Skip the extra trip to the grocery store and the chopping, the prepping, the cleaning too, while still getting flavor and nutritional quality you need. Factor's never frozen fresh meals are ready to, in just two minutes. So all you have to do is heat and enjoy and get back to crushing your goals. I love, this was my favorite one, loaded bacon shredded chicken with sauteed spinach, green beans, and ranch sour cream. This only has 650 calories. I got the keto option to keep with my diet. There are so many options over there. Basically anything you wanna do in terms of dietary restrictions, they can do it. You gotta check it out. Head to factormeals.com slash Bedard50 and use code 50 to get 50% off. That's code Bedard50, B-E-D-A-R-D-5-0 at factormeals.com slash Bedard50 to get 50% off. Got to give it a try. That's a great deal. Give it one try, and I'm telling you, you're going to be one over. Make sure you check them out at factormeals.com slash Bedard50. All right, so, you know, watching this game defensively, Greg, and, and I haven't watched the All-22 and stuff like you have, and what I would say is it's a mixture of both. It's it's just like every conversation we have. People want to, you know, just kind of reduce things to, like, one or two reasons why this team won that team. So what I would say is Jalen Hurts didn't play well. I would say that, you know, the Eagles were absolutely not ready for this game at a level that they should have been. And I do think it's because of how Nick Sirianni uh, went along in the, in the preseason and just didn't really do much with his football team. 
But here's what I'm looking at. I'm looking at a defense that against mobile quarterbacks, including Mitchell freaking Trubisky, mm-hmm. couldn't stop a runny nose. They couldn't get out of their own way. So even if Jalen Hurts didn't play well, I am feeling pretty good about how this defense was able to deal with just the athleticism and skill level of this Eagles team. Because even if they weren't playing great football in Patriots prior years, defenses post Brady, you know, when you would see this slow defense, Greg and I have been talking about this, how slow they were. It it, it was just excruciating to watch this team against quarterbacks like Hertz, like Josh Allen, like Justin Fields. They had no chance, no chance to do anything. So watching it on Sunday, I I do feel pretty good about this team's defense and, and its overall speed. I do think they have a lot more athleticism now that they've kind of rebuilt this thing. And I think that gives them a much better chance to handle quarterbacks that have driven them crazy in the past few years. So that's good. You and I talked about the pass rush. Pass rush was there. This is one of the best offensive lines in football, if not the best offensive line. Were they ready? I don't know. But, hey, man, by the middle of the second quarter, you got a bunch of studs up there. They better be ready at that point. I can't blame Sirianni for everything. These guys are professionals. Like, get your ass in line if you weren't playing great. They got a really good offensive line. Matthew Judon had six pressures. Uche, Barmore, and Keon White each had four pressures. I mean, you look at the pass rush win rate of defensive tackles. I think going into Sunday night or last night's game, one of the two, Barmore is third in the league for defensive tackles at pass rush win rate. That statistic, that analytic. So the pass rush was there. I agree with you, Greg, about the rookies. Again, Keon White flashed when he was out there. Christian Gonzalez played well. I mean, he limited... A.J. Brown to under 80 yards, just under 80 yards with like 79. But Smith and A.J. Brown didn't murder you, which, you know, rookie first game could happen. And that didn't happen. And and another thing that stood out to me, Greg, I thought they tackled incredibly well in this game. Yeah, absolutely. hundred percent. I thought especially the defensive backs coming downhill. Gonzalez Mm -hmm. did it a couple times. And look, as I've said with Mac, who, by the way, I graded a B minus in case people thought I went over the top with him earlier. I gave him a B minus. Greg shook his head. It was a fair grade. But, you know, Miles Bryant, who I've gone after a little bit, and he's bugged me at times. I, I thought he played well, and, and I thought he made a couple of tackles. One, I, th- I don't know if it was on Smith. I think it was on Smith, but he came up and he wrapped him, and he just stopped him in his tracks and almost picked him up and carried him back two yards. I thought the Patriots tackled really well, which again is something, Greg, that we haven't always seen against some of these teams that are really athletic with really good skill position players. And and I mm-hmm. thought they brought that in spades on Sunday. Yeah. And Nick, one thing I wanted to point out real quick. So, you know, two plays in particular stand out to me in terms of Jalen Hurts and his and his issues in this in this game and and you know, sort of the 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 tug and pull between you know, was it the Patriots or Jalen Hurts? So, you know, remember the the deep pass into the end zone where Marte Mapu and uh, Gonzalez, Gonzalez were there? Yep. Yeah. Yep. So that play, and, and, you know, Tony Romo did well to point out that Dallas Goddard was wide open underneath. Like, that that play, while the Patriots did show something pre- and post-snap a little bit, still it wasn't that exotic where the quarterback knows it's cover three. 
and basically that the whole route design so you have the over route and then you have the under route with you know Goddard and the the receivers going in the end zone and the whole point is to put Gonzalez in a bind if he goes with the with the vertical route which is really just supposed to be passed off to Marte Mapu then you throw underneath if if he stays underneath on the tight end then you go up top one on one he went up top. Dallas Goddard is wide open underneath. And I don't like it's a basic play. Jalen Hurts wasn't under any duress at all. And he just chucked it in the end zone. Then there was the play where Tony Romo was like, Oh, Jim, I've never seen this before. You know, where it's the, the Patriots came with all out blitz, but then they played quarters behind it instead of man to man. It was definitely a wrinkle, definitely an awesome play. But the problem with that play was Jalen Hurts. Took too long to throw it to AJ Brown, which allowed Miles Bryant to come up and take AJ Brown's legs from under him. A good quarterback sees it coming, knows he has this guy. He sees all these defenders back. He knows he has AJ Brown coming on the slant. He just hits his back foot, boom, gives it to AJ Brown. That allows him to turn up the field, and he might truck people and go sixty yards for a touchdown. But because Jalen Hurts, for whatever reason, you know, wasn't on top of his game. He threw it way too late and the Patriots, you know, made a really good play to force the Eagles to punt. So I just wanted to point out, just give people two examples. Um, so they don't think I'm completely crazy. <laughs> yeah. I don't think uh, people think you're uh, completely crazy, maybe somewhat crazy, not completely. Yeah. Uh, but, but, you know, look, what I would say overall, again, if this defense is as fast and as as athletic as it looked this past week, I, I feel good. Yep. If this pass mm-hmm. rush continues to do what it did on Sunday, maybe not as good consistently throughout the entirety of a game, but if they can have that pass rush and fantastic, and both you and I have been high on the pass rush. If you've got the rookies getting better, which they should, it was only week one. If Keon yep. White and Christian Gonzalez and Marte Mapu develop over the next five or six weeks, and all of a sudden in the middle of the year, we're talking about, you know, three guys who are absolute, I don't know if I'd say studs, but at least can change the game and impact the game in a positive way. I feel good. If they can deal with mobile quarterbacks like they dealt with, I, I feel pretty good. So we'll see if they continue that. And I think for them, it was a major test. They passed that test. Some had to do certainly with Jalen Hurts and Philly not being ready to play, um, which certainly is not a good idea when you're actually playing a game that counts. All right. uh, Three up, three down, fast paced, lightning round edition of it. Uh, Greg, you're three up from this game. Uh, David Andrews was awesome in this game. Didn't have one negative play for him. Keon White um, was terrific. And he's pushing to play a lot more over Dietrich Wise. And uh, while Hunter Henry and Mac Jones were uh, nominated for the final spot, Jawan Bentley um, got the third one for me. I just thought he was really good, especially in the first half, um, sort of thwarting the Eagles run game. I thought he was really good. Uh, I'll give some love to Miles Bryant. I gave him some love earlier, but you know, yep. PFF had him ranked as their best cover corner of the day. And I know PFF's rankings and ratings and all of that stuff and grades can fluctuate, but I thought Bryant played pretty well in a spot. It, John Jones, you know, given how he hasn't really played a ton, I, I thought he played well enough and he's going to have a big role. I would think this weekend against Tyreek Hill. Uh, and, and I agree with, you know, Keon white. I, I just thought he was, he was a game changer. And every time that guy has been on the field, preseason training camp, the game that counts, he makes plays. And Greg, I agree with you. I think, you know, coaches 
here's what I would say. And look, the coaches have forgotten a hell of a lot more than I'll ever learn about the game of football, but I'd like to see Keon white get more snaps. And I'd like to see Demario Douglas get more than 33 snaps. I think, you know, I think those two rookies, they can impact the game at a significant level. So I, I like to see, I'm not saying play them 85% of the time, but I would like to see those two guys as time goes on, get more snaps. All right. You're three down. Uh, Kayshawn booty. Um, yeah. Stay in bounds. Not, yeah. Stay in bounds. And just not a lot out there. Juju Smith Schuster uh, oh had a drop bad route on fourth and three. Talk about no juice. He's got, he's got nothing off the line. Juju Sanu. Um, and then third, I just lumped in Mafi So and Calvin Anderson together. I had them. They gave up 17 of the 20 pressures that I had. Half the stuff runs. Now, you know, did I expect them to be world beaters against the best line in the, in the league? No, but at the end of the day, they were not good in this game. I'll throw Zeke in there. Look, not, you know, not a ton of touches. You can't fumble the football. Uh, I, you know, Stevenson wasn't great. Maybe I just do the whole running back tandem. Neither guy was exceptional in this game. Some of that had to do with the offensive line, which I thought was overrated by some people. They gave up a ton of pressure. Uh, and, and look, it wasn't a train wreck. And I think that's why people felt better about the O-line. <laughs> because, you know, when you walk in, you don't have Strange and Owenu. You're thinking, oh, my God, Max going to get sacked eight to ten times, and this is going to be a bloodbath. Uh, they gave up a lot of pressure. And I thought Bill O'Brien did a great job with his play calls and, and, and utilizing the quick pass game to kind of combat that. And I thought, again, Mac did a good job facing that pressure uh, on balance. He wasn't, he wasn't perfect, you know, far from perfect B minus again, but I, I thought he did a good job against the pressure on a number of plays. All right. Um, fourth down decisions by Bill Belichick. Agree, disagree. There was the fourth and three, there was the fourth and 17. And then there was the, there's three, right? There, no, fourth and eight, fourth and three, and then fourth and 17, Greg. How'd you feel about yeah, those? Fourth and eight, I was fine with. I thought that he was going to go for it. I thought, me I too. Was saying to myself in the press box, I was like, he's, he's going to, this is two down territory now, yeah. especially with the rookie kicker and all that. And fourth and three, I didn't have a problem with. Like, you know, they had not been down there. So this was, this was like, what, nine minutes left in the game. The, the last time they had done anything on offense was the end of the first half when they scored a touchdown. And I didn't know when they were going to get down there again. And you didn't know, like, with the Eagles and their ability, their offensive line and Jalen Hurts in the running game, like, they easily could have kept the ball for the last eight minutes of the game. And, yes, you could say the Patriots uh, did a great job on defense and they were holding them down the whole game. At a certain point, the, the law of averages comes out. And Bill knows that as well as anybody. Yeah, we've done a really good job of the Eagles at this point. But we need a freaking touchdown. We're not winning this game with a bunch of field goals. And I don't know if we can drive the field again against these guys with this offensive line. And, you know, we, we're, they ended up having like 80 plays on offense in this game for guys who a lot of guys who haven't played worth the, very many snaps at all. I'm sure they were all dead tired after the game. So the fourth and three play, I had no problem with. Juju, run the freaking right route, and they would have converted it. And then fourth and 17, that was stupid. Just punt the ball. You got all three timeouts left, a two-minute warning. I don't care. Take a delay game pen. I don't know how much uh, how much uh, field position. Like, just punt the ball. You're not going to convert fourth and 17 with freaking Kayshawn Booty and half a leg Juju Snoo and – and, you know, a bunch of tight ends and uh, guys who don't know where to run the right routes, like just punt the freaking ball. 
The fourth and 17 made absolutely zero sense. It was a fourth and 12, and I'm going, oh, boy, they're yeah. going for it. That didn't make much sense to me. I didn't love the fourth and 12. And then a delay of game happened. I don't know if that was O'Brien taking a while. I have to believe it's mostly on Mac because O'Brien's been an OC forever. Maybe something was off with the communication. I have no idea, but I'll, I'll put that on Mac. You get a delay of game. And I'm thinking fourth and 17, it was like, oh, well, now maybe Bill will second have second thoughts. Yeah, and maybe that's what I thought. <laughs> and he was like, we're going for it, baby. What the hell are we doing? Over two minutes left, all three timeouts. Um, uh, what in the world? What the hell? Um, I would also say the fourth and three, my gut instinct, my initial reaction was like, okay, I get it. You need a touchdown. Even if you kick a field goal, you still need a touchdown to win this game. But then the more I thought about it and the more I looked at things, you had nine and a half minutes left. The longest drive for the Eagles all day was 61 yards. That was their first drive of the game. That was the longest drive they had. The longest drive they had all game was 61 yards. It's the first drive of the game, which resulted in a field goal. Their, their only touchdown drive was 26 yards off of the Zeke fumble. They had not moved the ball hardly at all that game. I saw a stat from Warren Sharp today. Patriots had the third highest three and out percentage as a defense on Sunday. Eagles were doing nothing offensively. And I would push back on the, you know, the Patriots, they weren't moving the ball. Look again, circumstances killed them. If booty keeps his feet in bounds, that drive continues. They're well into Philadelphia territory. They're feeling good about themselves. If Belichick, you know, kicks a field goal, then, then we're talking about how they were able to score. If, you know, the Hunter Henry holding call, was it on Henry? I don't know. Some people, I know Phil Perry said it might've been on Farrow Brown or whatever. That Hunter Henry call was garbage. They were about to, you know, they're, they're in perfect position to possibly score a touchdown or at least get three points. You get the holding call and then you got another penalty that I, Oh, the holding call, I think it was. And then you have the weird screen pass to pop Douglas. It wasn't a great throw by Mac. He loses three yards. But they're sitting there on the doorstep thinking red zone, that holding call just completely just it hits a brick wall, stalls the drive. So they, as I said earlier, I, I thought the plays were there to be made. I thought Bill O'Brien called the good game. And, you know, nine and a half minutes left, I, I would have kicked the field goal and taken the points. One thing I would just say overall is uh, I don't want to get into a, a huge conversation about this. I'm sure you don't want to, and we're long anyway, and I'm, I'm hopeful that people are, are loving the content here. I'm not going to get into the moral victory thing. Again, I, 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 I vented today on, on my show. Uh, I, I vented on, the, on the, the moral victory thing, which I think is a sleight of hand by the media around here that I don't love. I think some of it's disingenuous. Um, you know, you can't tell me for the entire Patriots great run that we're going to talk about bad stuff after a great win, because what else are we going to do? We got a job to do blah, 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 right? That, that was the stance when the Patriots were doing nothing but winning. It was, well, we have to pick apart these games and we have to find the negatives because what else are we going to do? Just sit here and kiss their ass. And now when they, when they're not a very good team, you're not supposed to take any good out of a loss. I do think you can find positives in a loss. Like you can't tell me the Patriots defense wasn't a positive on Sunday, but ultimately undeniable fact is what Greg brought up earlier on this, on this pot. 
which is with Brady and with Mac Jones and Cam Newton, they've been unable to win these games late. And they've, been, they've lost a bunch of close games. That's an undeniable fact. But this is what I'll say. I'm throwing last year out. Yeah, I said it. I'm throwing last year out. I'm not going to sit there and hold last year against Mac Jones in this. I'm just not. I'm just, I, I, he, was, he was dealt an awful hand. So as Greg and I have talked about, I've been consistent about this. This is the year that, that Mac has to prove himself. Last year to me is just a waste. Bill Belichick wasted Mac Jones' sophomore season. Fact. Okay? So here's what I'll say. Yes, Sunday looked a lot like a lot of these other games. 22 doesn't matter much to me. I don't think they had the coaching staff to win those kinds of games. I just don't. They were not going to put the players in position to win those games. They just weren't going to, in my eyes, my opinion. So when I look at this game, I say to myself, I'm going to give these guys a chance. And I don't think it's worth talking about moral victories right after a game in week one, because we won't know if this is a moral victory until like week nine or 10. If, If Sunday's game built momentum and the rookies develop and play better and Mac has more confidence because of Sunday and the defense not only proves that it can stop a mobile quarterback who stunk on Sunday, according to Greg and Jalen Hurts, but can actually, you know, stop other mobile quarterbacks. Then we'll look back at week one and say, that was an indicator that that was an indicator that this team was going to figure things out after five or six games. And, and they were going to be better than we thought, or we'll look back at week one and say, it was just like all the other games. And they did that the rest of the year, like they've done the last three years with Mac Jones. And now we've got to kind of reset everything. And it's not just last year in the staff, Greg, I want people to appreciate this before we go. The Patriots, played nine rookies on Sunday. That's a lot breaking news. And, and they relied on, it wasn't like they played those guys a few snaps. Matt who didn't play a ton. I think he played what nine snaps. But when you, when you look at booty, Douglas, Mafi, so white, somewhat 25 snaps or so Christian Gonzalez playing every snap. A lot of people like these rookies. If they develop and get better, I think you look back and you say, yeah, that that was, you know, they were depending on a lot of young dudes because there were some absences and Juju let them down and other stuff happened, right? So I just think this year they do deserve a little bit of leeway here given the context and the circumstances. Now, if they stink and they continue to lose games like this, I'll be as frustrated as anybody else. But I think off of that game, Greg started this saying, you know, feel a little bit at least optimistic or encouraged by the performance. And so would I. And ultimately, let's see how they, you know, how that leads into Miami on Sunday night and whether or not it meant anything or they go out there and get their doors blown off by Tua Tungavailoa. So that's how I feel. Um, Greg and I will have a ton on the Dolphins game coming up. Uh, in Nick, a couple just one of days. thing, just let me have the final word on this. Just, uh, sure. you know, I'll only say this. It's only a moral victory if you follow it up the next week or soon, you know. So, yes, um, that could have been a building block because, you know, I, I know Tommy Curran loves talking about moral victories. He's done it the past couple of years. It hasn't worked out for them. But, you know, if they go out and they beat the Dolphins at home on Sunday night, which they kind of need to do, 
you know, even with the the whole Jets thing, which we didn't even talk about with Rodgers, and now you can give them those two games um, against Zach Wilson. Um, they need – they can't play another close game and lose to the Dolphins on Sunday. They need to win – if this this was a true moral victory, which I believe in, you, you have to follow it up. So they need to go out, they need to beat the Dolphins, and they need to play toe-to-toe with the Dallas in week four, and then maybe we can talk about some things. Check over, uh, check uh, Greg and, and Mike Giardi over at BSJ. Fifty bucks for the year. Tag teaming on the Patriots coverage. It's fantastic. Uh, I'm doing the Nick Cattle Show daily pod now, Monday through Friday, thirty minutes a day. YouTube, uh, Spotify, Apple Podcast. That's happening again. Nick Cattle Show. Uh, appreciate everybody helping me out with that. And uh, I would like to tell everybody else that uh, Fanduel, fantastic stuff. Played over the weekend. Uh, Mahomes screwed me on Thursday night. Well, actually, Mahomes' receiver screwed me. I had 250. Mm-hmm. I had I had 250 plus passing with a touchdown. And uh that was that was one of the bets I made. And he had 226 because Kadarius Tony was worse than anything we saw from the Patriots on Sunday, that's for sure. Uh, but check out FanDuel exclusive wagering partner of the CLNS Media Network. Sign up now at fanduel.com slash Boston. New customers can now receive 200 bucks in free bonus bets with a $5 bet. Plus, all customers who bet $5 will receive 100 bucks off NFL Sunday ticket uh, via YouTube and YouTube TV. Uh, that Sunday ticket offer will end on September 18th. All right, it's been a long one today. Hopefully, people enjoyed the coverage and the content. We're back to uh, preview the Dolphins game later this week, and I'm sure we'll touch on Aaron Rodgers as well, at least for a couple of minutes in that pod. But until then, be good, be safe, be healthy.